Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. Ace Podcast. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, the future for the Kingsmen and Lego movie franchises. Our fall TV preview, part 2. Our look at week 3 in the NFL for fantasy owners. And another retail giant is facing hard times. All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another edition of the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate being part of the broadcast here today. And guess what? It wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend, he is the man, the myth, the legend. He is the protagonist in the Humanican Media Game of Life. He is the man that's better known as the CEO of Humanican Media is Josh Peterson. What's up, my friend? I am the protagonist of my own life as well and the antagonist. That's how conflicted I am. That sounds like it indeed, but it's truly great to have you back on the show for another go around with the PCC Multiverse. We truly appreciate it. Again, everybody out there checking us out each and every Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network. And I'll tell you what, there's a great show lineup for you today. We've got Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Painter Podcast previewing week three in the NFL with me and our good friends from the TVRatingsGuide.com, Hunter Vaught and also Jessica Boggs. They're here to talk more in our fall TV preview part two. We'll we'll talk some more about some of their shows that they really like and some picks that they thought, well, you want to take a look at and give a second chance or even a first chance to this fall season. But Josh is going to be a big weekend at a box office and also a very important one indeed because I know Matthew Vaughn is somewhere on this planet on a lot of pins and needles as far as for the future of the Kingsman franchise, correct? Right, dude. Honestly, like, what a great movie Kingsman was. It, it was just—it was a sleeper hit. I—I I wanted to see it in theaters and end up actually seeing it till it hit, you know, digital and Blu-ray. But it—it it blew me away. I, you know, completely beyond my expectations. So I was—I'm, you know, I'm hoping for big things out of this one. And I haven't opened up any reviews, but from what I understand, people have said good things about it so far. So. But yes, this is an important day for Matthew Vaughn, and he was saying in an interview that if this movie does well, he would like to go back and give people the Fantastic Four movie that they deserve. So who knows what that could lead to, but yeah, it's exciting. 
it's exciting indeed because if all goes well with Kingsman, the Golden Circle, which is out this weekend at the box office and movie theaters everywhere. I'll tell you what, it is definitely important because the future of the Kingsman franchise relies heavily on what's going to go on in the next two, three weeks, especially this weekend at the box office, both here and abroad. Kingsman, The Secret Service, the original movie was such a surprise hit and a very good movie indeed. The reviews so far seem to be pretty good for the movie, pretty strong indeed. They like the statesman as far as the American version of the Kingsman being that group that plays off of the Kingsman group. So it's a good playoff there. I was kind of worried whether it would, they would just like run that joke into the ground, but it looks like they do enough in combination with each other that really looks like it's going to work out very well. I'm also going to see the movie this weekend, hopefully, and I look forward to it indeed. But the reason why it is so important is because that pretty much, I think he's given the inference, like you said, in interviews that, if the movie does well enough this weekend and also going forward in the next two, three weeks, that he will get the green light for a third one. And uh, I'll throw this out at you, Josh. If the movie does well enough, it does. it's projected to do right around $45 million this weekend at domestically the box office. If it does strong $100 million plus here and maybe another $400 million worldwide, do you think we could actually see also as well? a statesman franchise because there's some name actors there that could obviously sell a movie themselves very well. That would be cool. I, you know, I love a spinoff especially, or I love the idea of a spinoff in the Kingsman universe. However, when it comes to, I, I was surprised to know that Channing Tatum was in this movie because when it comes to franchises and superhero business, he's not exactly, he doesn't really have a good track record with being reliable. How many times has he dropped in and out of the Gambit movie? And I know it was like they had a hard time even booking him for 22 Jump Street. So it, I like the idea, but I would have to like actually see it in motion before I actually started believing in it. Well, I think it would be great because I heard good things about it. I heard also as well Channing Tatum may not be in the movie as much as a lot of people like, which is a good thing because... Obviously, in the scenes that he is in, that obviously means that he did a fair enough job that people want to see more of his character. So definitely some great signs there. And obviously, they're going to have the wacky and, and crazy stunts and obviously the crazy over-the-top plot that, that actually is very fun to watch. So very strong reviews out there. I highly suggest you go take a look at it and how it battles also the Lego Ninjago movie and the It movie, how those three movies are seen where they fall dominoes wise with the box office this weekend. It is very, very interesting to see. And this could be one of the most interesting weekends of the year, especially coming off a great month so far. What could be a record month for the movie industry in the month of September after one of the worst movies in 10 years, according to most box office pundits in regards to such a bad August. So that's definitely some great news indeed great movies to see this weekend but josh i want to ask you a little bit about the lego ninjago movie obviously we've seen with the lego movie being a big hit and the lego batman movie being oh doing you know pretty good but not as great as the lego movie do you see some diminishing returns for this show that is already been well known on the cartoon network so, okay so this is this is my view on this because i know my nephew likes to watch this show and 
it's a it's one thing to you know for your kids to be watching Netflix like on their iPads and you know on TV and stuff or on their video game consoles because the parents don't they can just kind of give it to them let them watch it and then just kind of go off and do their own thing but I think it's another problem when you, the parents trying to get the parents to go see these movies like with their kids to take their kids to see it so it I mean I I'm under the impression that it might do better when it hits home video as opposed to doing what it does in theaters because you know it's like if, if I want to try to take my dad to see like a Transformers movie he absolutely hates those so like there's no way that he would ever go to a movie theater to see that so I think that's the problem with the Lego movies and obviously let the, the actual Lego movie was more of like a big family movie type hit whereas Lego Batman and I guess Ninjago in a way were more geared towards a certain subsect of Lego fans so I don't know what what are your thoughts on that well, when it comes to the Lego universe, it seems like you're getting the law of diminishing returns. And just for me, it, it, still, it's expected to do right around 30 to $35 million, which is, you know, pretty good, uh, you know, for a movie of that stature, which is basically a kid's movie in the middle of the school year. So that's definitely something to be wary of with the results this weekend. So it could be something very promising that if it does garner enough interest, it could make over $100 million still, which is obviously a big win for the Lego movie franchise. But if it doesn't do that well or if it doesn't hold over that strongly, then you have the law of diminishing returns. And then you might have some serious issues if the Lego movie 2 actually does come into fruition and does become a movie that's going to be debuting at some point in time in 2018 or 2019 and beyond because then you have an issue where people may have fatigue on watching the lego universe and that novelty of these lego characters being you know with a sharp wit and the, the funny stories and whatnot they may have been okay i've seen it once seen it twice seen it three times okay i'm pretty much done with it so that that tells me whatever goes on this weekend if the there's still life and there's still fire within audiences as far as wanting to see the lego franchise movies so definitely uh, i'm looking very forward to it i know my girls still want to see the lego ninjago movies so definitely uh, we're going to be seeing at some point in time in the near future so that's definitely something to look out for as well but i will share my thoughts when i when i can on the movie if possible but i want to know from you josh if if the movie doesn't do well should the Lego Movie 2 still go forward in production? Yeah, I think so. Because like I said, these like Lego Batman, Lego Ninjago, they're serving a subsection of Lego fans. And, you know, whereas the Lego movie kind of encompassed everything. It was, it was a movie that was more, that was for adults, it was for kids. It, it had, had everything. It's like watching SpongeBob. So it kind of had a little something for everybody. So I think that families will be more likely to go see these movies, uh, an, an, a legitimate Lego movie, as opposed to these, you know, Ninjago, these little side, uh, side scroll, sides, whatever you want to call it. Uh, side like, stories or whatnot. Yeah, exactly. So I think I definitely, I, I think that Lego movie two is something that needs to happen. Well, if that's the case, and even if it does have diminishing returns, you're still talking probably something in the neighborhood of $300, $400 million worldwide at the box office. So as long as you can create a, a mindset with that and, and still understand that that's probably where your ceiling is, 
you got to make sure that you budget accordingly so that you can still see a, a decent profit from there. So we're, it's very interesting to see this weekend at the box office because you have three major movies people still want to see with it. Uh, I'm also curious to see how well it's going to hold over as well and talking about Lego Ninjago movie. And also as well, you've got Kingsman, the Golden Circle, which both you and I are very excited to see. So looking forward to a great weekend with the movies, people coming back in droves in the movies, and it's just great to see. We're, we're really excited for it. What are your thoughts out there on this weekend at the movies? Which movie you're going to see? Are you going to see it? The Lego Ninjago movie? Or do you have a feeling you want to go see the brand new Kingsman movie, The Golden Circle? Tell us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. And tell us if you did go see the movie this weekend, how was it? What were your thoughts? We'll, you know, we'll share them on the air if you want. You let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos Humanica Media and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. And I'll tell you what, you got to get again. We've got a great show lineup for you. Like I said, we've got the TVRegusGuide.com. Hunter and Jessica are on deck, ready to talk more about their favorite thing in life, and that's television and all the great stuff that's going on in there in part two of our TV fall preview. Plus, also as well, Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. He will stop by to preview week three in the NFL with me for fantasy owners. And then also, Josh and I will close out the show with thoughts on a retail giant that is seeing some hard times. And if people actually care if that it might be possibly could be going out of business. So we'll share those thoughts indeed. But first, we've got a great thing for you right here. It's our good friend, It's Plasma Z. He's always here on Fridays at the PCC Multiverse. This is Junkyard Nomads, and this is the PCC Multiverse. Yeah, yeah.
You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? 2017 is a pinnacle year for Rob McCallum Films. Coming off the heels of the internationally acclaimed and award-winning documentary Missing Mom, we're in the final stages to release Kitty, Origins and Evolutions. Check out this heavy metal biopic that explores the ups and downs of rock and roll for the women in Kitty who blazed a trail in the music industry in the face of unthinkable adversity. Kitty, Origins and Evolutions releases this year from Rob McCallum Films. 2017 is the year to set your future on fire. And we're back with the show. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. And oh my goodness, we had our fall movie preview. We had our fall video game preview. But it wouldn't be Pop Culture Cosmos without a fall television preview. Who better to tell everyone out there what to look forward to this TV season then our good friends at the TV Ratings Guide at tvratingsguide.com. You check it out today because there is no better detailed base of stories and articles on the TV rating scene than from them. And I've got two of their excellent writers returning again, like a rerun on syndication that you just keep watching year after year after year. It is Jessica Boggs and Hunter Vaught. I'll tell you what, it's great to have you both back. And welcome back. To the pop culture cosmos. No. Yeah, it's great to be here again. You know, I cannot uh, continue this conversation without talking about one of your favorite shows. And I think you know where it is. It it bases out of Tennessee. And that's our show. It is Nashville. That show's been all over the place. It's had a resurrecting life all of its own on several occasions. It has had issues both internal and external. It's moved from ABC, but still manages to, to get renewed year after year after year. So I ask you, Jessica, seeing as, uh, yeah. everything that's out there, what does the future hold for one series known as Nashville? Well, it's still kind of like the highest rated show on CMT because the rest of CMT is around in the lowest of low fractionals, like at 0.09 or below. But then again, a lot of audiences did not like the latter part of it. And I did watch part of the latter parts of it and it was kind of eh. They started going off the deep end as far as a show is concerned. But like you said, if it is the ratings winner for the CMT, then I, I can't see anything but CMT continuing to renew it, even though, like I said, it is all over the place as far as both internally and externally. So I guess the future still bodes well. It, has it got a full season pickup? No, it does not have a full season pickup. It only has 16 episodes for the next season depending on how things can go though and it's premiering in january it's up to you nashville fans out there please support it uh, for me i hope it stays around only for the fact that i love the fact that we can bring this up continually on our conversations here with the tvraiseguide.com again that's the tvraiseguide.com if you want the best information that's out there on the ratings world in tv land whether it's broadcast or cable prognosis long-term views of, of what could be renewed what is going to be canceled what is definitely going to be canceled then you got to check out the tvratingsguide.com that's the tvratingsguide.com indeed but hunter getting back to you i, I want to ask real quick 
ABC and Marvel, it just will not go away. And it's something that uh, Pop Culture Cosmos, we do love Marvel just tremendously. It's a major source of topic of conversation continuously for our show. Josh and I go back and forth on it. But one thing we've both been very clear about is that we're not really sure the direction that ABC has had that's been good with the Marvel shows. We're not exactly in love now with what's going on with the Netflix end of it, but at least there's still future and hope with the Punisher and, you know, as far as Daredevil and whatnot, the Defenders we didn't like so much, but with a little bump in the road per se. But I ask you, Hunter, the Inhumans debuted earlier this month on IMAX theaters, and to say it was a disaster is the understatement of the century. Can it find a life on television like the Orville has with bad responses from critics and also as well bad responses from audiences initially as well i'm not so optimistic about the chances for inhumans it, um i'm not as well but i just want <laughs> to hear it straight from from the experts so. yeah i think the big difference between it and the orville is with critics for, we'll start with critics they tend to really like marvel's shows one there's like one exception that one uh Netflix show Iron Fist, I believe. Well, it yeah, was. Iron Fist has been universally panned, but the Defenders yeah. is all over the place. Yeah, with us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos show, we thought it was kind of disappointing, but that does not mean we don't have vested interest in a new season of Jessica Jones, a new season of The Punisher, Daredevil, whatnot. With ABC shows, the Agents of Shield, it just seems like at this point it's just there. And that's unfortunate because I thought it was a great initial idea that's really just kind of fallen by the wayside, a you know, ghost rider notwithstanding. But with the Inhumans, you know, and that was originally supposed to be a movie that was canceled by Marvel and it became a TV show. And ever since they've started showing the, the trailers or whatnot, people have been asking why that is. So your long-term prognosis is that the Inhumans will not have a long-term prognosis. <laughs> Yeah, I think it might have a decent premiere rating because people are just interested and they hear a lot about it. it's Marvel, like, oh, check it out. But after that, the response seems to be really negative. Like, there's been much less people that like it than with the Orville. So I think that it'll have a decent premiere rating and then really not do well after that. I have a tendency to agree with you on that, and I think Jessica as well, but she's shaking her head back and forth and whatnot. So, Jessica, I ask you, with the Inhumans and the bad CG on Medusa's hair and, and flipping all around all over the place and the fact that no one went to go see it in IMAX theaters, what's your thoughts on the disaster known as Marvel's Inhumans? I honestly thought it was going to be TV Line's blind item, to be honest, but the way they put it in Fridays. That's not but, a great great place to put it, but what can you do? So, but you don't see it lasting long as well, correct? Of course I don't. It's not going to premiere very well. I don't think it will. It's kind of like a still star-crossed situation. Do you see anything down the road that can repair audiences when it comes to abc and marvel do you think agents of shield can find something within itself to maybe bump up their status with audiences and regain the initial interest that a lot of people had for that show hopefully it may get a sweet syndication deal but on the cw you only had like one superhero show getting a sweet syndication deal so far 
but I really don't see any long to the midterm prognosis of it for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., to be honest. We're seeing some superhero fatigue. I think we are, at least on television, because I think the quality is not there. And I think on the CW as well, I know Josh and I have talked about it at length in regards to just too much of a crossover as far as CW is concerned. I think fans are leaving because of it, and that's disappointing indeed because their initial plans for the DC Universe on CW I think was promising, but unfortunately it has not paid off, I think, as well as the CW has hoped it would be. Well, uh, Hunter, I want to ask before we head on out to both of you, but I'll I'll start with you, Hunter. Are there any shows that people should know about that they don't quite yet? Or are there any shows that you think are going to stick out that that you really need to talk about with audiences that they really need to catch this fall season? Okay. I want to take one moment to recommend a show that I really like that I don't think many people know of. It's coming back to Netflix in November, Lady Dynamite. It's a Netflix original that had its first season back in May of last year. And it's kind of a bizarre comedy that I really enjoyed. Really funny. And I don't think any people know about it. So I'd like to say, give that a shot. So aside from that, there's some new shows coming up that look good. Like uh, The Good Doctor, I know Jessica mentioned, coming to ABC. That one looks like it'll be good, and I think it could perform really well. Yeah, there are a few others. I think that the mayor coming to ABC might do well also. Some people have doubt about it because it's not a traditional family comedy like the other ABC comedies. But I think that it has a family element in there with relationship between the main character and his mother. And I think that that kind of heart is in the show makes it fit in somewhat with the ABC comedy brand and the show looks really funny. So, and I, actually they released the pilot episode early and I re- I enjoyed it. So I think that could perform well also. Uh, that's, that's some great advice indeed. That's some great shows that you picked out. And Jessica, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you the same thing. What shows do you recommend to people out there that they need to check out just like Lady Dynamite and just like all some other shows that you think are a little bit under the radar that people need to watch this fall season? As Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, though, it's coming that's, out when that's it's That's a very recurring theme because I know that that's something that you've mentioned on more than one occasion. Oh, yes. The one show where it gets minor Emmy nominations, but... And Rachel Bloom barely gets any love. But then again, there's also some really good shows out there, such as Good Behavior is premiering on TNT, at least. And I was kind of worried about that one because the ratings on that one were kind of softer compared to some of the other shows from what I remember, correct? Oh, yes. It didn't do as well as Claws did, and but... We all know Will already got canceled because it was the lowest of the low on TNT. And now Claws is being joined by the librarians. It's coming back this fall and Animal Kingdom. And The Last Ship is currently playing right now. It's season. Um, it's eh, uh, I think 0.2. So we'll see how that one lasts. Maybe they get some fatigue on that one. I know my my wife loves that show, uh, The Last Ship, and and definitely uh, looking forward to hopefully seeing more episodes of that. But we'll have to wait and see how it pans out. 
any more shows that you're thinking of that are broadcast or cable that, that you'd like to recommend? You got the Big Bang Theory coming back on CBS. We also have The Middle coming back for its final season. I'm really sad about that somewhat. The little show that could. Modern Family coming back for two more seasons. And Blackish is premiering its new time slot on Tuesday. I think it's October 3rd, I think. That's the yeah. Tuesday, right? First Tuesday of October. Yeah. October 3rd is. Okay, that's... And that's those are some great choices indeed. Definitely some some awesome picks there from both Jessica Boggs and Hunter Vaught of the TV ratingsguide.com. You need to check out their site. And I mean it, you gotta check out their site if you're any at all interested. Watch television on a regular basis and you like some certain shows. You need to stay with the TV ratingsguide.com to keep up to date to make sure that that show is staying on the air and if it looks like it's going to be on their list of, of eh, maybe not doing so well or or maybe getting closer and closer to cancellation you can go ahead and and start your own campaign on social media to get people out there to watch it for whatever reason so that's why you got to stay in tune with the tvrainsguide.com they've got great reviews Great articles, great in-depth looks at not only the present as far as TV ratings are concerned and shows and re- that are on the air that they review, but also a look at past years and past seasons and how they trended for networks or type of comedies or, or dramas or what have you. And they look at all, break everything down and look at exactly how those seasons unfolded. So th- that's also some interesting reading there. They've got a great staff of writers that just produce some quality material. So definitely check it out. That's the tvratingsguide.com, the tvratingsguide.com indeed, and Jessica Boggs and Hunter Vaught. I wanted to get you back on the show before the end of this year, definitely to get up to date on the first initial, I guess, casualties of the TV fall season, and then also as well what replacements might look good as they come out during the winter later this year, if that's okay with both of you. Oh, yes. And one more thing, especially since when MTV is going into unscripted, uh, we found out that TRL is coming back. Did not report that. And then on Spike, uh, the Shannara Chronicles is going to be premiering this fall pretty soon. And really excited for that. Oh, that's good. That's good indeed because Spike uh, kind of need of a little boost uh, as far as overall ratings is concerned because they haven't been seen to trending in the past few years in the right direction. And with MTV, you never know what they're going to do, but they love their shows from the past like TRL, like you said, they're bringing back, but also the shows that they're, they're so well known for unscripted shows that they're that they've been bringing out year after year after year they they seem to love and, and cater to that audience that endears to it so that's some good news indeed for mtv fans with trl coming back but also as well for spike tv fans as well so that's some great choices indeed from our friends at tvratingsguide.com hunter please uh, and both you and jessica i want you back to come on the show to to tell me how things are going down in as far as later this year we definitely want you coming back to give us an update on everything going on in the TV ratings world. Sound good? Yeah, hoping to come back. <laughs> awesome, indeed. We're glad to have you both back. 
right here on the PCC Multiverse. Hello, podcast fans. My name is Chris Jones, and I'm here to tell you about the Nerd Bliss Podcast. Now, of all the geek-oriented podcasts out there, we are definitely one of them. Yes, we talk about Star Trek and Star Wars and cosplay and Marvel and DC and the usual. But as geeks, we embrace anyone with very specialized knowledge, like triathletes or improv comedians or musicians. So we try to bring them in and let them share their geekiness with you to help broaden some horizons. And maybe you'll learn something. Maybe we'll learn something. You can find our entire catalog at nerdlistpodcast.com on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Player FM, and we are now proud to be a part of the ESO Network. Once again, we are the Nerd Bliss Podcast. Thank you and pod bless. And we're back with the show. This is once again the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos. Week three in the NFL and all for your fantasy football fans. It's now hot and heavy in the season. And you know what? Shame on me. I already made mistake number one because I didn't <laughs> consult our man in the fantasy football universe. It is Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast, which you can get every Tuesday, every Thursday, and every Saturday on Apple Podcasts, Libsyn, Google Play, Overcast.fm, and even many more outlets. Tyler, as always, it's great to have you here. And man, I'm, I thought what I was going to make was an apparently easy move, which you know I could just sense in your voice before we went on. It really wasn't the move to make. Oh, don't beat yourself up too bad. So it's Thursday night. The game just finished and Sammy Watkins went ham. And unfortunately, Gerald took him out, which honestly was not a bad call. Uh, Sammy Watkins is very much underperformed. Nobody expected this game from him tonight. So sometimes you make the right decision and it ends up being the bad call. But it's look, fantasy football is not about getting it perfect. Fantasy football is about making the best decisions that you can and trusting those decisions and moving forward when you make a bad one. So no, 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 no. Fantasy football no, is about winning, man. It's about the it winning, about man. Winning, but it's a grind. It's a grind. It is. It is fourteen weeks. Your league is is anywhere from fourteen to sixteen weeks long. It's a grind. So, yes. and I tell people all the time, you're not going to win or lose your league. In the draft, you're not going to win or lose your league in one single week or one bad call. It's it's about staying informed. It's a grind. <laughs> so no then. worries. We will get you back on the right track. No worries. Indeed, indeed. So that's what I get for thinking on my own and not reaching out to my good friend here, <laughs> Tyler Baker. Once again, you got a guy. Two ways to get a hold of his information. Well, three ways if you include our show. But one of the main ways is to listen to his podcast each and every Tuesday. Thursday and Saturday. That's the Fantasy Football Pater podcast. You got to update yourself for that if you want to get the latest info as far as who to get on the waiver wire, injury reports, and the whole nine yards when it comes to fantasy football. And also, as well, the Fantasy Football Pater podcast Facebook site. You just go over there. It's, he just joined the group, and you can he'll answer all your questions in regards to trades, movements, everything that I should have asked according <laughs> to this week. He does actually on a daily basis, and I see them I tossing do. around. Yeah. But there, is there any other way that they can also get a hold of you as well? 
I am in the process of building a website and that will be ready probably next week and that will host my articles. I've been very busy with that. Building websites, not as simple as it sounds. So I definitely would know about that. (laughs) Sure, sure. But the Facebook discussion group is the best way to get my attention. And you can take a screenshot of your team, take a screenshot of the waiver wire. And I have guys up there all the time asking questions in me. Uh, myself and a couple other moderators, uh, we do a really good job of not just answering the questions, but telling you why. And we don't get everything right, but you'll come on and you'll get a great perspective. You'll get a learned opinion and you will get you will get my attention through the Facebook group. And I watch every play of every game every week. And I will tell you why I think what I think. And I'm not always right, but most of the time, <laughs> most of the time you can you can take it to the bank. Well, and all this, you know, all these other guys, these fantasy gurus out there that you know uh, are you know highly compensated, which uh, you know Tyler Baker will be replacing by hopefully this time next season in their <laughs> slots, you know, as the man in the know when it comes to fantasy football, because we know we would like their paychecks. But anyways, uh, sure, sure, that that sure. aside, nobody gets it one hundred percent right. Yeah. And the reason why I switched Sammy Watkins out was. Actually, one of the first topics I want to get to with the Arizona Cardinals, David Johnson, unfortunately, has an owie. And according to one of his latest interviews on it, really doesn't care what fantasy owners think because he's out for a little while. But one of the replacements in that offense was J.J. Nelson, who has risen to be one of the top receivers in all of football. But something tells me you don't sound like you're going to be telling me the great news as far as him long term. Is that correct? Or is it something that maybe a short term matchup problem for him coming up? Well, something about that game last week. Now, J.J. Nelson exploded last week, five catches, 120 yards and a touchdown. J.J. Nelson has scored a touchdown in each of his seven previous games going back to next year. So J.J. Nelson is a good receiver. J.J. Nelson is also dealing with a hamstring injury. And if we actually look at the Arizona game last week, J.J. Nelson had seven targets. Jaron Brown had 11 targets. And in watching that game, Jaron Brown could have very easily had the game that J.J. Nelson did if basically the ball would have bounced a different way. So as far as opportunity, Jaron Brown actually had more opportunities. And Jaron Brown did just fine. He finished four receptions for 73 yards. Now, J.J. Nelson is not a bad play. J.J. Nelson, though, is dealing with a hamstring injury. So we'll have to see on Friday's injury report how he is practicing. And if he's a full participant in practice, you're fine. If he's limited, uh, there should be a little bit of hesitation there. But I know that everybody in fantasy football this week rushed out to get J.J. Nelson. And I don't think enough people paid enough attention to Jaron Brown, who actually got more targets last week. So in the game that they have this weekend, you know, we'll see, but I'm definitely going to keep a very close eye on JJ Nelson to see how that hamstring is going because JJ Nelson's game is all about his speed. Now Dallas is missing a couple of their defensive backs so that passing defense is vulnerable. And if JJ Nelson is not hundred percent, he can probably still be okay. But with a hamstring injury on a speedster receiver, that's a pretty big red flag for me. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to be on pins and needles too uh, on the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast Facebook group site because I need to find out if J.J. Nelson is a player or not because that's who I switched out for Sammy Watkins. Sure. Unfortunately. Sure. 
So, uh, needless to well, say, moving on. Uh, <laughs> is there any other really good targets to go out for this weekend? Maybe any waiver wire pickups, or are there must plays that you must have this weekend based off of any matchups that you see forthcoming? Sure. Well, in Tennessee, DeMarco Murray, he is uh, dealing with some injuries. And Derrick Henry came in for him last week, had a really good week. If you had Derrick Henry stashed on your bench, this might be a good week to play him. Also, James White, for the running back for the New England Patriots, he could have a pretty big share of the offense this week. Rex Burkhead is out. They're expecting Amendola back. But that team is so banged up, and James White is a piece that they know that they can move around, and he's a piece that works. So I, I'm expecting him to have a pretty good game. Now, in Cincinnati, they just fired their offensive coordinator. So I'm expecting some things to change. And one of those things that I think could happen is that Joe Mixon, the rookie running back, could come in and see more work. Now, Marvin Lewis, the coach there in Cincinnati, he does not like rookies. And he very much avoids playing rookies. Well... The Bengals are in a very bad spot right now, and the Bengals are going to need to generate some offense. If Marvin Lewis is going to keep his job, he's probably going to have to start giving the rookies some chance to play. Uh, also in Baltimore, Alex Collins is a guy that could see some playing time this week. Terrence West, their normal in-between-the-tackles guy, hasn't been practicing this week. We'll see what he does on Friday. But Alex Collins could come in and play quite a bit against Jacksonville. Also in Carolina, tight end Greg Olson is out, and Devin Funches is a big receiver that they have that could be the guy that starts working the middle of the field. He played tight end, I believe, some in college, and he's a bigger guy. He can work the middle of the field where Greg Olson would normally work. New Orleans defense is terrible. Me, you, and your kids could put up points against that defense. So that is I definitely so. somebody... <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, as far as tight ends, I really like Jack Doyle this week. The Cleveland Browns have shown that they, much like last year, they cannot protect the middle of the field. And Jack Doyle has shown very good rapport with Jacoby Brissett, the new quarterback. That connection seems to be the only thing that's really working in Indianapolis. And they might actually have a shot to win this game. And I expect Jack Doyle to be a big part of their game plan on Sunday. That's awesome advice indeed, and that's awesome information that's coming right at you from Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. It is, again, available every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. That's when it drops, and you got to check it out if you've got Libsyn or if you've got Apple Podcasts or if you've got anything that can go ahead and get the iTunes or Apple Podcast app like Overcast.fm and Player.fm and whatnot. One last question before we head on out, and obviously the games are are coming up indeed for this weekend, and there's some great matchups. But what do you see going forward as far as the quarterbacks, especially in Minnesota where Sam Bradford is now really up in the air as far as his future because of his, well, injury-prone mm -hmm. and faulty knee when it comes sure. right down to it? Well, I was fully expecting him to play last weekend, but and it was genuinely a game-time thing. They took him out. They tested the knee. They didn't like it. Now, it's my understanding that the problem with the knee is not related to his ACL. Now, he's torn his ACL twice, and they're saying that the problem is not related to the ACL. So that's good. So the same injury that he's had twice, this is not related to that. And now it's been my understanding, and of course, Friday's injury report will tell us a lot, 
but it's my understanding that he's he's practicing that there's there's not the swelling that they, that they were seeing last week and it seems like he's a go but again we'll have to wait till friday Okay, fair enough indeed. And they can always check out your Saturday podcast, which will give yes. you all that information, correct? Yes, that's right. I'll go over all of the injuries and you know, do the best we can. Some of them will be game time decisions. And I'll tell you in the podcast who is a game time decision. But sometimes some teams label guys as questionable that really aren't questionable. And sometimes teams kind of undersell injuries too. So you have to know that guys like John Fox, the coach for the Bears, he's not going to tell you anything. <laughs> he will tell you as little as possible about injuries on players. So yeah, the Saturday podcast will answer a lot of those questions. But also as well, keep up to date with the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast Facebook group site because obviously any breaking news you'll be posting on there as well. That's some great information. Plus, he also, like I said, gives out advice for any team that you have. He looks at your roster. He looks at your teams. He looks at potential trades that are offered. Yes. I see it all week long. And I'll tell you what, he does a great job interacting with fantasy football owners out there. I just, just so appreciative you come on each and every week. And we'll, I guess, recap the Sunday obliteration of most of my team will probably uh, <laughs> fall under and probably, uh, unfortunately, uh, by the first quarter, fumble like you know two or three times, and my quarterback, will, Kirk Cousins, will throw three interceptions. But you never uh, know. You never know. I'm two Kirk and Kirk Cousins so. could have a really good game this week. Kirk Cousins could have a good game. They host the uh, crossing my fingers Oakland Raiders on camera. I'm crossing my yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Uh, last week, Washington really wanted to run the ball, and they did, and they did a really good job of it. This week, I don't know if that's going to be the game plan. Again, I'm not in the in the in the uh, planning room, so I don't exactly know. But I can tell you that Oakland is not going to let the foot off the gas, <laughs> and I see that. Yeah. I think this game could be a little bit of a shootout, and that always bodes well for fantasy quarterbacks. It does indeed, so I'm hoping for that as well. All yeah. right, once again, it is Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. Again, catch it today every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, but you can also catch it anytime on Apple Podcasts, Libsyn, Overcast.fm, and so many other podcasting channels. Tyler, as always, it's great to have you on the air, and we look forward to having you on the Monday show to give a recap of week three in the NFL. I'm super excited for it. I love being on your show. I love helping people get better at fantasy football. And, and uh, thanks for having me on. Thanks as always. And we appreciate you being part of the PCC multiverse. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back with the PCT Multiverse to close out the show. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. If you catch our other shows on the Podcast Radio Network, that's the Pop Culture Cosmos show, the number one show on the Podcast Radio Network every Monday night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific. And then also as well, 
one of the top 10 rated shows itself. That's The Attack of the Humanicans. That is at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network. So Josh, I ask you, my friend, what's on tap with all the great things going on at Humanica Media? Well, on tap, we have our special craft brew of What About This being recorded on Saturday, so you can look forward to that on Monday. There's no super BS this week, but there is an interview with a game developer, so I won't give too much away with that, but you should definitely check it out. Uh, We have a new Inside Sports, which will be posted tomorrow. Follow us on Facebook, and you'll see all the updates as they come up. And Pop Culture Cosmos, we also post all the updates from Humanican Media. So uh, stay tuned. Yeah, and Attack of the Humanicans, check it out Tuesday nights. We just truly appreciate, again, everybody being part of the broadcast. And if for any reason you need to stream and download the show or you like to stream or download the show, hey, that's no problem. At the PCC Multiverse and the Pop Culture Cosmos show is always available on Apple Podcasts, Ace Podcast Network, TuneIn, Overcast.fm, Player.fm, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast.com, Mixcloud, the ESO Network, the Tangibound Network, the Gunna Geek Network as well, Cast Crunch, Social Podcasts, and our home site, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. And if you do download and or stream our show off of one of those channels, we try very hard to add extra content, especially for everyone out there on those channels, whether it's an interview, extra little side thing, or a full featured podcast or two, we always add that on there just because we love you so much right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So Josh, I heard some pretty bad news this week when it comes to the retail industry, uh, an industry that over the years I am familiar with because I've been manager uh, on more than one occasion of some retail entities. So I know the good and the bad in dealing with the industry and the ins and outs on a daily basis. Toys R Us filed for bankruptcy this week. Uh, I don't know their long-term future unless they get some help financially or, or help from their creditors, but it really doesn't look good once it goes past Christmas. And I know they're going to, at the very least, close some stores once Christmas is done and over with. So I ask you, Josh, does the icon and staple of retail industry known as Toys R Us falling to the wayside mean anything to you maybe as a younger audience member? Or do you think you know, to your peers or millennials out there, it means anything at all about Toys R Us possibly biting the dust? Yeah, it's sad for sure because they're, you know, they're the last sort of toy store franchise out there. Remember KB Toys and that went out of business and then there's there's another one that I, I can't whose name I can't remember, but yeah, it's sad to see it go. I don't know how like I don't know how well they were they've been doing apparently not well, but well, when you base your when you base your uh, audience, you base your retail, like a lot of retail industries base it off of pretty much two months of the year to pay for the other 10 months of the year, that's kind of hard to do on a year in year out basis. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, like I thought that they were doing well with all these new hybrid Toys R Us babies, RS stores popping up. And they do have some good stuff there. Like they, they have a lot of like collectibles that you wouldn't be able to find anywhere else except for the internet. But it's, you know, they they have some choice stuff and they've always been, you know, as far as like new video game consoles and games go, they've always been good at promoting that and having lines wrapped around their buildings. So it's hard to, 
really know like maybe they if they were able to stay in business this long like they obviously had to be doing something right so i wonder what like exactly what the cog in the machine was that stopped working for them i think you hit the nail on the head when you said internet because with amazon.com walmart.com target.com that can send it to you or have it right directly at one of their stores it makes it hard for any specialty retailer to get a leg up on the industry like they once had. Toys R Us had its niche as being the one where you could find all those toys where you couldn't find them at other stores. With Amazon and Walmart pretty much dominating the scene and Target getting a good share too, plus eBay, plus all those other entities available online, it's now becoming a place where you can obviously find what you're looking for from your own computer, from your own house, correct? Yeah, and like I feel like Toys R Us is the first domino in a long series of dominoes. Like, you know, who knows how long it'll be until we see Target go out of business or Walmart or... Well, Kmart and Sears are already, they're almost done. And then you've got, uh, unfortunately as well, I remember because I was manager of Game Crazies and Game Crazy bit the dust. Their parent company, Hollywood Video, bit the dust. Obviously as well, Blockbuster Video, they both bit the dust with streaming services and Redbox starting to dominate the shelves as well. So, I mean, we're seeing a more modern world, a different age, but it's, it's causing some casualties. Right, but we're also seeing a lot of stores finding themselves forced to evolve with the time. So you have your GameStops or sell it basically become hot topic now and you can buy t you know, they have a whole lot of t-shirts and anime and video game stuff inside these stores. You have Targets and Walmarts becoming grocery store outlets. You have, uh, you know, I'm sure there's more examples than I'm thinking of right now, but you know, and I even noticed too that like Staples is, is going out a bit, like they're slowly becoming less and less. There's, Office Depot, Office Max. Office Max, even Best Buy. Before they introduced that like gaming program, they started getting into the digital market. Like they were, they were going downhill pretty quick too. There's definitely a lot of room for concern for the retail industry. First off, there's a lot of people involved, and we're very, very sad to see a lot of people that may be at risk for losing their jobs in any one of these outlets that might be hitting some hard times after the holiday season so our thoughts and prayers are with you and we're just hoping that that everything will be okay for you but yes it is definitely a changing industry indeed as far as the way people navigate and buy their merchandise because the experience of going and walking into a store and actually feeling and touching and and holding up whatever it is that you're looking for that seems to be definitely going by the wayside and now Amazon this week announced it's getting easier to go ahead and return a product because they're doing it. You can do it through Kohl's. You can do it through Whole Foods as far as returning their stuff to make it even easier so you don't always have to worry about sending it back. So that even creates a bigger problem and a larger problem for other retail outlets who are not playing ball in the same way with amazon.com so definitely some food for thought there uh, josh any last thoughts on the closure of toys r us and what that means going forward for people like you and i as far as trying to go and get that next great game the next great toy that next great gift for young and old alike like i said man it's sad for sure like i that's i do do a majority of my 
Christmas shopping and birthday shopping for my nephew and people and you know cousins at Toys R Us. So it's sad to see it shut down. And I, I don't, you know, I guess we'll have to go to Target. But see, I don't know about you, but I like going out and buying things. I don't like, you know, if it's if it's something that's like cheaper online, I'm fine with that. But really, by the time you pay shipping and all that, you're paying just as much as you would to just drive out to a store and get. And I like going to the store because I like seeing what else is out there. You know, I have more than just what Amazon recommends to me. So I'm sad. I'm, you know, I'm saddened by it and we'll, we'll see what, what comes of it. You know, times are changing and that's just a sad fact, I guess. Well, it definitely is. But yes, like you, I like going out and actually going and touching and feeling products. But, but then again, I've also gotten used to, Hey, I'm in a hurry. What do I need to do? Oh, Amazon's got free shipping. Walmart's got free shipping. Okay. I'll just go on one of their sites and boom, I'll buy it. Whatnot. There are times when I do that. Now, when it comes to holiday shopping, I definitely am that person. I, I think that uh, for me, black Friday is like another sport, you know, me going out there and challenging everybody out there to get the best deals. I love that rush that mad rush to going in and out of stores or whatnot going in and out of the shopping malls which to you and i maybe when by the time we're well, in my case really old and your case old that it may be a thing of the past going to shopping malls and shopping for christmas presents and all that so could be uh, some hard times coming to the retail industry even more so in the future but it's definitely a, a bad sign and a very sad sign for those who love Toys R Us over the years like we have as faithful Toys R Us customers. So definitely some very sad news indeed. But again, our thoughts and our very best to all those individuals who are working those stores and, and hopefully that you'll be able to get on track if something does unfortunately happen with Toys R Us stores going out of business. But hopefully they can be saved. Maybe they can be pulled out of bankruptcy. You never know. We'll just have to wait and see. What are your thoughts on the Toys R Us bankruptcy announcement? Are, are you sad to see something that was once a retail giant seeing some hard times? Or do you even care at all and you're just ordering away on eBay or Amazon or Walmart.com and it's no problem at all? And hey, you know that's the way you feel. That's the way you feel. Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media and game source on Facebook and Twitter as well. So Josh, looking forward to anything good this weekend? There's some great movies out there. Yeah, I'm gonna try to go see Kingsman this weekend, but it might end up being Monday before I get to watch it. Dude, I am like right at the end of finishing Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age, and this game's just been killing me, and I forgot, like, I'm gonna pop a review up. I remember loving it the first time I played it, and then this time I'm going through it in my mind. Because the first time I played was in, I think it was in the, I want to say, eighth or ninth grade. And now I'm, I'm sitting here going back to it, and I'm like, dude, I don't know why I like this game so much the first time. So you'll be able to read my thoughts when I pop it up there. But yeah, I've got that to look forward to. Oh, that's great indeed. And uh, truly appreciate it. Look for that on the popculturecosmos.wordpress.com site. I've also thrown up some stuff there as well in regards to the very greatest in pro wrestling. So you definitely want to take a look at that indeed. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's been another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. 
Classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with the program. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. And as part of the inside sports scene, we thought we'd go back into the world of the NBA. And who better to do it with me than the man in the know when it comes to the NBA scene? It's Anthony Barber. And how are you today? I'm doing good, man. Always good to be on. Love talking sports, love talking basketball with you. So um, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy as well. Anytime we can talk uh, anything related to the round ball, uh, we just uh, I just love the opportunities indeed. It's still a little bit of ways off. Uh, you know, as we talked about before we went on the air, camps are still on the way out. But you know what? It's still going to be a, a great season coming up. But we've got to talk about some of the couple things that that have come up over the past couple weeks as far as during the summer is concerned. And what better topic to talk about than the Kyrie Irving trade and how that's reshaping the Eastern Conference. Kyrie Irving of the, well, then Cleveland Cavaliers uh, decided over the summer he did not want to play or demanded a trade, didn't want to be part of a LeBron James-led Cleveland Cavaliers team. So he decided to uh, maybe make his position clear that he didn't want to come back to the Cleveland Cavaliers. So they were able to engineer a trade with the Boston Celtics. If you haven't heard, but I think pretty much every sports fan, sports fan out there has. So um, and, and in its place, Cleveland got first round pick, upcoming draft, a second round pick, also as well, Ante Zizic, uh, also as well, Jay Crowder, and of course, as well, Isaiah Thomas. So I ask you, first and foremost, on paper, who do you think may or may not have won the trade when it comes to Kyrie Irving going to the Celtics? I, I would say, on paper, just winning the trade team for team, maybe the Boston Celtics for the long haul. But if you're talking about, you know, team for team right now, um, I think you can do, I think you can give it an even split depending on the health of Isaiah Thomas because of what you get with Jay Crowder, what you get with Isaiah Thomas when he comes back. And I mean, Cleveland is still my pick to come out of the East. So uh, as long as they have LeBron, I think, you know, they're a class of the Eastern Conference. Uh, but for the long haul past this year, I can see, uh, say, the, maybe the Boston Celtics uh, won that trade. Well, and that's one something I want to delve into more because there are serious questions when it comes to Isaiah Thomas' hip, so much so that actually that held up the trade and actually Cleveland got an additional second-round draft pick in order to complete the trade and have it go through. So I ask you, Anthony, it looks very serious as far as the, the hip injury for Isaiah Thomas is concerned. And in his free agent contract year, he wants to play the best he can. But 
it doesn't look like that may happen till at least the second half of the season, correct? That, that's uh, been the, the prognosis is that he could be out into December, maybe even, you know, up into the All-Star game. Um, I think as long as he has gel with the team and he's ready for the playoffs, they'll be fine. Um, there, There's not a, a lot of resistance in the Eastern Conference. Again, as long as they're healthy, you know, they picked up Derrick Rose in the offseason. Uh, they still have LeBron. They still have Love. Um, so they'll be fine. But as long as I, I – regardless, I think this is a one-year maneuver um, on the part of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't I don't see them re-signing Isaiah Thomas for the long haul. Um, there's been speculation that LeBron's going to leave after this year. Um, so I think this is like their best effort to try to put enough around them to compete one more time. Well, and I don't blame you on that and uh, for thinking that because I, I agree with you as far as re-signing Isaiah Thomas unless something miraculously happens and he shows domination during the playoffs. I believe that he will probably go find a contract elsewhere within the league. Um, obviously, a, a 5'9", point guard with a potentially bad hip issue is something that a lot of teams will be scared away from uh, this coming off season. And that's for him, that's debt. You know, that that's very you know sad because he's worked so hard. He's had everything put uh, in front of him as far as roadblocks is concerned, being the last pick in the draft the year he came out and then being behind other individuals on the on the roster and not really getting his chance until he came over to Boston and in such a big way helped that Boston team become a major force in the Eastern Conference. It's so sad to see you know his the fruits of his labor not not being able to come to full fruition and and you know so much is riding on his future on on how he comes back if he comes back uh, at this point in time because this could be something that uh, chronically be wrong with him for at least the entire season. So we'll have to wait and see. But I'm going to uh, say that Cleveland may still be the, the best of the Eastern Conference because obviously the great LeBron is there. But there are two factors. LeBron is getting a little older, but he stays in tremendous shape. So I expect still dominance there. But because there is no Kyrie Irving there and there's no Isaiah Thomas there to compensate, I think there might be some issues with a lot of, of the regular season riding on his performance. So they're going to have to, Cleveland, have to gauge carefully exactly how they're going to utilize LeBron because they don't want to wear him out before the playoffs. So they're, again, we might have a situation where their record may not be the, the best in the Eastern Conference at the time the playoffs roll around. But I, I definitely think if they can get LeBron in a healthy situation and add Isaiah Thomas at a competent level at that point in time, definitely look out for them come playoff time but we'll have to wait and see on that but your thoughts on maybe the tendency that the Cleveland Cavaliers Cavaliers might utilize LeBron James too much over the course of the season um I, I definitely think that's a, a possibility they've always used him as much as they can um even last year I think he was at the top of the league in usage um, he was, I think he led the league in minutes. Um, so th they're going to use him. Uh, he does keep himself in tremendous shape. I think that's why he misses games. I know everybody 
you know, does the hoopla and all up in arms about him missing games, but that's why he misses games because, and there's this, this thought process that, oh, you can limit minutes, limit, limiting minutes is not the same as days rest. Um, this, you know, five to eight games over the course of the season, I think it, it gives him a fresher look going into those long games. And this, um, and this, and this new agreement with the players' union about lengthening the schedule to have better days off, to do actually structure very few of the four to four games and five nights deals that they had so much of in the past, and and reduce the number of back-to-backs may help him as well. Correct? Right. Um, I think he'll still miss games. Um, I think that play on the part of the NBA was so that he does not miss big games so that they they don't begin to rest stars when you have um you know on thursdays and you know big games uh uh abc games on sunday those kind of games where they've um tried to put together these monster games during the course of the season on the schedule they don't want those games missed i don't think they're too concerned with um the tuesday night game you know in milwaukee uh, as much as, you know, the Christmas Day game or, uh, again, the, the, the Sunday game against the Lakers or whoever the big money teams are. I think those are the games that they don't want them to miss. But lengthening of the schedule is their way to try to meet the players halfway um, in regards to fixing that issue. I definitely think so as well. And personally, as we'll get into in a little bit, uh, in regards to the schedule, I think they could go ahead and even make it a more uh, profitable situation for themselves and the league as well. But definitely, uh, this could be some issues with Isaiah Thomas. Yep. But you talked about Jay Crowder a little bit. <laughs> Jay Crowder, excuse me, Jay Crowder has really uh, got a great contract and has provided a, a very nice standard with his uh, three-point shooting ability and the fact that he can play very, very solid defense. I, However, I, however, if he gets into a matchup with in the finals, you know, if people are looking for him to play a lot on Kevin Durant, yes, he will probably play a lot on Kevin Durant, but to have him being expected to stop Kevin Durant uh, – or maybe even slow him down, I think is a little bit beyond expectations because there are very few players, period, who can slow Kevin Durant down at this stage, correct? Um, absolutely. I, I think uh, when it gets to the finals, I think LeBron will most likely carry that responsibility. Um, you'll probably switch Crowder back and forth from Clay Thompson to um, Steph Curry, uh, giving you some flexibility there. I think is is more important. That's kind of what they wanted from Iman Shumpert, and he wasn't that this year. Uh, so, you know, they've let him, you know, do whatever. And, and I think he – Jay Crowder, I'm sorry. Jay Crowder is one of the uh, big gets in this, in this trade. I think he was one of the pieces that really made them say, okay, we can do this. He can be very, very influential on the defensive end. Um, and I think he brings um, also a bit of an attitude and them trying to go back, I think, to what they were two years ago, um, playing defense, being gritty when they won the championship as opposed to last year when they wanted to go, let's spread them out, let's shoot a bunch of threes, 
and let's play towards what the NBA is trying to become rather than being what they were and imposing their will. I, I can't agree with you more on that. Like I said, Jay Crowder, he's a very nice get in the trade. Uh, it definitely has a very, very appealing contract over the next three years at a very, very uh, reasonable price, all things considering. Uh, of course, I would love to be paid $7 million a year myself, which is, <laughs> and I think you would too, Anthony, sounds like as well. But uh, definitely uh, in respect and in, in, to everything in the NBA, he definitely has a very uh, palatable contract and definitely provides a good depth for the Cleveland Cavaliers, which they sorely need and definitely will help them out over the long haul of the season. So and that being said, it looks like the Cleveland Cavaliers, even though the trade on the surface might favor Boston a little bit, uh, I think over this season we will still see if Isaiah Thomas comes back strong from that hip injury at some point in time of the year. It doesn't have to be right away. Obviously, we'll most likely be at, at the second half of the year. Uh, if he does, that's going to make Cleveland a force come playoff time and, and hopefully be able to give up and provide a better challenge to whoever comes out of the West, which will most likely be Golden State. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think you and I, I think you and I even already acknowledge that at this point. In right. Time, so. Yeah. There's uh, barring injury. Uh, I, I don't see anybody being able to compete with Golden State in the Western Conference. And, and nor do I. So it's, it's, you know, it's not like we have to put people in suspense when we do our NBA preview show this right. time next month or anything like that. It's like, it's not a surprise. It's, it's almost <laughs> as if uh, it, here in Vegas, the odds are, you know, it's, it's, it's Warriors and everyone else. And it is, it is definitely like at this point in time, like it was Warriors in the field. But like I said, we'll delve more into that in our NBA preview show in an upcoming episode down the road next month. But I will talk to you about a couple other issues that have, uh, come about over the past few weeks. Um, one is uh, uh, obviously the commissioner uh, of the NBA, uh, Adam. Uh, he is going to impose uh, possibly some some uh, legislation to the owners to help fix the lottery system so that it will try and further diminish the possibility of teams outright tanking and uh, i.e. trying to do whatever they can to lose games to get a better draft position. So I want to hear your thoughts on what you know you think about this policy possibly being changed. And do you think tanking is a huge issue in the NBA? A huge issue. Um, I think the NBA, out of you know all the leagues, professional leagues, has one of the best anti-tampering systems when you talk about the draft lottery um unlike the nfl you know if you have the worst record you get the first pick in the nba you can have the worst record and not get the first pick in the draft or even you know a top five pick um thinking is a huge issue i i think honestly i think <laughs> that there's just so many teams in the league and there's not enough talent that's really the issue. Um, there's also a free agency problem. A lot of these teams are in undesirable destinations, places that players don't want to play. Um, it's a reason that all these NBA players are going to the Western Conference to, you know, teaming up in cities that are viable team cities that they can have good family lives. And, and uh, this, this begs the question because, you know, with the way the, the current CBA is structured, the collective bargaining, bargaining agreement that 
the players union and Adam Silver, the, the NBA commission came up with as far as the agreement they come up with, you know, it is kind of concerning because the, the incentivize, you know, the incentivations that, uh, you know, it give the player for staying at these teams is much higher, but they're still, like you said, they're, they're wanting to go where either the, the teams, the prominent names or the family life is much preferred. Correct. Um, and I think in in the past, these incentives would have been uh, much more desirable. But I think some of these players are they're, they're becoming more intelligent um, <clears throat> at analyzing their situations um, and looking at like for guys with, with money, they can look at um, other opportunities to get money and other facets by being in better areas, being in better situations. Um, so I think that's where they're going and they're thinking about being happier. Um, and, and they're willing to risk and they're willing to give up, let's say 10, 20, $30 million over the course of a three to five year, con- sometimes six year contract in order to do so, which makes in a lot of cases, a lot of sense because they're still generating a lot of income anyways. Right. Um, so, th- and that's a big thing. So, you know, you, you give these players, opinion there's a lot of teams that are uh prime candidates for relocation and i think <laughs> relocation in a lot of these cities or a lot with a lot of these teams would help alleviate that um i know they were talking about expansion which i think is not a great idea in terms of uh product on the court because you think the pl- it you may think be the a- player's pool is diluted correct yeah absolutely um, and, and again, the free agency clump in the Western Conference is not helping. With everybody moving towards the same teams, it's not helping Island around the NBA. So um, when you have that combined with the fact that the, a lot of these teams, especially in the Eastern Conference, are in undesirable locations, it's, you know, putting the shot, you know, there's a deep end and a shallow end now you know, as, as far as talent in the NBA and team teams to teams. I think that's a very astute observation. And I'm hoping that the NBA will recognize this at some point, because as you see in the NFL, teams are just willing, if they don't get what they want, they're just willing to up and move anyways. And we could see that same trend follow in the NBA. And if it does, you know, I'm here in Vegas. I know we could use an NBA team. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, but if we can support an NFL team, I think an NBA team and an H- NHL team, I think we could support an NBA team nonetheless. But um, that being said, I, I, I agree with you as far as the, uh, you know, to the point of of the actual schedule and and obviously the salaries and, and the teams and whatnot. But I kind of say that I think there is an issue with the tanking because last year there was notable teams like like the Lakers, like uh, to some extent, even though they were saying they were trying to win, it, it you know, uh, became obvious that maybe that's not the case uh, near the end because Phoenix Suns were doing a much better job of, of trying to lose over the years. The Phoenix, uh, excuse me, the Philadelphia 76ers, they've been accused and have obviously made attempts to try and be as bad as possible to garner high picks. And there's been a couple other teams noted as well. In fact, Atlanta this year, looks like it's doing its very best to try and structure its team to be as bad as possible at this point in time. So I think there's 
still an issue with tanking um, and trying to level the playing field in the draft obviously actually also makes it more interesting for those teams that are closer to playoff contention that could land a big pit big pick that could land them over the hump and i think that would just make things more exciting myself as well so i'm looking for something to change and be affected in that realm because it's if it becomes more obvious this year that there is teams that are conservatively that excuse me that are really trying to go ahead and 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 make it obvious that they're tanking even though they're going to say they're not i think it's going to be uh hard pressed for the league to not do something more extensive about it and I, I i see those changes coming at least so that's something to think about right there and and definitely want to uh, talk about that more as we go along during the season as well and one last thing i want to ask you before i gotta let you go is because we've talked about this right now being kind of almost like a dead time right now in the league because camps haven't opened up yet Free agency is gone uh, for the most part. Uh, the summer league is already well and done with. Alonzo uh, Ball Mania has already you know, died down a bit and whatnot. Um, I want to ask you, the league is, is, is becoming now pretty much a nine to ten month type window where they can pretty much garner a lot of attention within not only the uh, sports realm, but also the realm of, of you know, general talk out there and whatnot which is good and and grabs the attention for the sport that you and i love would it be best to not only lengthen that season that season just a little bit longer start camp sooner or or have the free agent season free agency season start on august the first so you get even a longer window for people to talk about all the things going on in the nba um, I, I think I like what they've done so far, which was in their attempt to stop the players from resting. So I don't have to wait until October 30th for the NBA season to start. It starts in a month, you know, middle of October, which I think is a perfect time. I think, they, like you said, it's like, a, you know, eight to ten months where you really talk, you talk NBA. I think it's more in the, you know, the eight realm. This year, I think the, the Kyrie thing, lengthen the talk about the nba a lot longer plus um, also the uh summer league is was as well with uh right. ball mania kind of and also free agency but i was saying now that the summer league has now become a kind of like an event in and of itself among nba purists that if they move the free agency period to not coincide with that they could actually lengthen out where the nba season becomes a talk for maybe almost 10 to 11 months out of the season how that would affect uh, the draft, though. If you push it past the draft, I think because now it starts, you know, pre-draft. No, no, a free agency you know, starts have, right after, about two weeks after the draft. After the draft? Oh, no, I, I get what you're saying now. Um, I was. Yeah, you still have the draft. When it, you still have the yeah. draft after, you know, shortly after the season ends, after the, you know, after the right. championship banner is held and all that. But I'm just saying have that draft two weeks later you know obviously the the summer league continues but then don't coincide it with the start of free agency where you have a mix mash of everything going on 
you know, separate it out, or at least until the end of the summer league before you start free agency, so people can still talk about the NBA for even longer. Because your product with the NBA, NFL, NFL is almost a 12-month season to, to a lot of people because those NFL right. diehards are talking about NFL all year long, even though the actual season is far less than that. With the NBA, they have an ultimate advantage where they can actually continue to provide information and excitement to NBA fans all around the world if they just moved a couple of things, maybe the season just a little bit closer to to the beginning of October. I'm not suggesting beginning October, but closer to it, maybe a week earlier. And then also as well, moving back the start of free agency where you have all that hot free agency action going in the month of August. That actually, you know, sounds like a viable option um, if they want to, because the competition is NBA, NFL when it comes to uh, media, talking points, you know, having your sport out there. Um, And and the NBA has actually been doing a very good job lately, the last few years of um, garnering more real estate, if you will. They're they're starting to, to take on more months where, you know, the NFL was really dominant until the Super Bowl. And then, you know, that was the NBA month's talking point. Now you're starting to push more um, through the summer. But those months that the NFL is off, the NBA has been snatching that media real estate where you get more talking points with free agency. So like you said, I can see pushing it back. um, uh, Free agency period can give you a little bit more. It'll, It'll bleed into the NFL talk a little bit, which which will still dominate. The NFL stock talk will still dominate, but it can give you some more uh, revenue in that sense. So I think that is a viable option. Well, that's something like I said, just throwing it out there, just seeing what your thoughts would be on it. At least there's still, with an August 1st time frame as far as free agency is concerned, you're still talking about almost two months for people to, for teams to sign players. And there still would be like a three to five, a three to three-week, four-week window where, you know, the NBA doesn't have the spotlight, which I know for for a lot of NBA fans out there is, is too long of a period indeed. But it's all, like you said, it's all about keeping the attention focused on your league. And I think that, you know, the NFL in the past has done a smart job of doing so. And I think the NBA took note of that. And if they really, truly want to make this a global front and center game, like they've always been talking about for what close to 25 years now then definitely we need to you know they need to go ahead and take different a couple more steps in order to keep the sport of the nba at the forefront of sports fans minds so uh definitely something to think about there throwing that out at you seeing seeing what you think so if you have any thoughts on any of the subjects whether, whether it's kyrie irving trade whether it's us talking about lengthening the the time frame in which the NBA takes center stage or anything else in regards to expansion or, or basically the way the players' contracts are out there and structured and, and whatnot, please send us your thoughts at popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, inside sports, game source, or Humanican Media on Facebook and Twitter as well. And, I'll tell you what, Anthony, it's just so great to talk to you each and every time. We, I truly appreciate you taking the time to sitting 
down with me and talking nothing but NBA great action and I'm 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 chomping at the bit. I'm telling you, it's almost time. It's right around the corner. Training camps are almost open, and and I know you and I both can't wait to see what's going to go on this NBA season. Absolutely. All right. Again, uh, that is Anthony Barberin, our man in the know when it comes to the NBA. Like I said, if you have any questions for him, don't hesitate to send us an email or shoot us a DM. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com or Inside Sports, Humanica Media, Game Source and pop culture cosmos.